We'd like to welcome our viewers from around the United States and all over planet Earth for our special holiday gift-buying session. You're listening to the EdTech Situation Room, and what an exciting night. Tonight is the 14th of December, 2016, and I am Wes Fryer in Oklahoma City, and we were just talking temperatures, so you have to say something weather-related about where you are and who you want to uh, kick it up or down to. So I will uh, kick it up to Jason in Missoula to tell us a little bit about what I'm sure is a balmy, te- balmy temperatures there in the, the Great White North. It is. Good evening. My name is Jason Neifer, and um, I'm joining tonight from Missoula, Montana, and it is currently 17 degrees right now, balmy 17 degrees right now, but I was just looking for sure, and in Missoula, which tends to get a little warmer temperatures than other places in Montana, we're supposed to hit negative 17 on Saturday, so it should be a nice day to be outdoors and enjoy nature on that day, so... Um, and because I know he'll have a similar story, I'll kick it over to Martin. Martin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, and since I'm probably less than a mile from you, I assume our weather's about the same. <laughs> oh, there right. you are. I can see you. Yeah, there you go. All right. And then down down south to Miguel. Wow. Negative uh, 12. Uh, I was just teasing my daughter. She's in uh, Champaign, Illinois, and we were laughing. It's negative 19 over there. We called her up, but uh, there was no answer. So we think she must be huddled under the covers or something. So it's in San Antonio, Texas. This is Miguel Gulen, and uh, it's 57 degrees. I mean, it's shirt sleeve weather, shorts weather. It's It's great. Well, that is that is awesome. Well, for those of you that uh, may may not know, here on the EdTech Situation Room, we are usually talking on a Wednesday night about recent technology news and how that might relate to schools and things that we do in both the uh, pre-K-12 school arena as well as the higher ed arena. But tonight, we are having a special holiday show, and there is a great podcast called The Committed, and they had a nice a nice format that we're modifying to um, give some holiday gift-giving tips and recommendations. And uh, the modification we're doing for this is we're going to talk about books as well, but we're going to share a pick that would be under $20, something that would be in the $20 to $100 range and the over $100 range, which might be a technology-related thing or it could be something else if, if a guest wants to break the rules. But I think, Jason, have we had more than... Two of us on before? Is this, this is the first time, isn't it? I believe that it is. So we're breaking new ground tonight on the Education Situation Room. That's right. And if anybody wants to check out our links, you can go to edtechsr.com slash links. And we generally have, uh, you know, more folks that are, that are uh, checking us out after the fact rather than live. But if you are a live viewer, and I see that we do have somebody on, we um, have a chat feature that we will try to pop out and uh, interact with you and anybody else who who joins us. So uh, I guess I, uh, I'll, uh, oh, look, Miguel, are you going to do, you're going to do a little self-promotion for your book? That's awesome. Why don't you kick us off? <laughs> okay, sure. I, I'm sure everybody has heard by now, if you missed it on the evening news about Yahoo's 1 billion uh, users affected, uh, is Kim Commando just told everybody to shut down their accounts, but for me as a Flickr user, that's not going to work. So, 
Well, I've been telling people to shut down their Yahoo accounts forever, and I was just having this conversation last week. So I, I am I can't wait to get back to um, that situation and talk to uh, a friend of mine and tell him, "Hey, look, I told you so, and now for sure, you need to shut down your Yahoo account if you hadn't done so already." But uh, you know, I think it that piece of news really highlights uh, the importance of uh, this phenomenally boring, terribly written ebook that is a must read. And it's not every day that you can buy something that's terribly written with, with something that you just have to read. But my free ebook available on the web in EPUB and PDF format, Protect Your Digital Privacy, what an original title, uh, is available for you to, to check out. And uh, I really want to encourage you to, to uh, snag a copy and just practice some of the uh, privacy uh, pieces that are there. It's completely free. There's no advertising. It's it, it's not as good as one of Wes Fryer's books. It's not as good as well, anybody's book I can think of. But it does provide some valuable information for you. Now, if you don't like self-promotion, as, as Wes uh, uh, mentioned, there is uh, there's several other books I want to just call your attention to. Uh, if you're into writing and and want to see a well-written book, uh, we could recommend Ernest Hemingway. But uh, an, one ebook that's available for free to Kindle Unlimited uh, readers is A Spy's Guide to Thinking, and I really like this book because it, um, it has this very simple uh, approach, and you could actually hear the the author's voice in your head as you're reading it. Uh, and it's a short book, you know, it's 33 pages long. And uh, it uh, uh, mentions this process of data. You know, we, we, we're, we're swamped in da- data, and we have to analyze that data. We moved from data analysis to a decision and then action. And it's got this really good quote in there. I think it's, the world is overflowing with data, secret, and otherwise. It has to be shrunk. That's an awesome. I mean, I just love that whole idea. We just have to shrink things down. Um, and then, uh, if if you still don't like that, those two book choices, uh, another one is how to write short. Uh, I can't think of any other skill that's more valuable than learning how to write something uh, and be brief, uh, unlike what I'm doing now. I was going to say uh, we're podcasting and using YouTube Live. <laughs> that's right. So hey, uh, but how to write short is a really uh, uh, fascinating book because it, it it talks about keeping stuff short. So. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, that actually is uh, ironically uh, probably a guiding theme for th- what I was looking at picking for 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 picks. Um, uh, the book that that I actually uh, picked to share is called Spam Nation, the inside story of global cybercrime from global epidemic to your front door by Brian Krebs. So you can tell, yes, we're we're very much geeks here and we're not afraid to show it on the EdTech Situation Room. (laughs) Um, I am listening to far more long-form books, and I would say literature, but I pretty much am am an all-nonfiction guy lately or for years. But this, this book blew my mind, and you know, to segue with what Miguel was talking about, I mean, <laughs> this is the season of security. I mean, it is just going to get worse. Miguel shared a link. Have you been pawned? Am I saying that right? Is that the way you say yeah. that? Okay. And uh, literally, like, like two nights ago, I, I, it'll tell you, you know, from the Adobe hack and from uh, LinkedIn or whatever. I mean, I put my Gmail account in. Yes, your credentials have been compromised. Um, 
I did change my password two nights ago. I hadn't changed it since 2014. I, I do have two, uh, two-step uh, verification or, or, or two-step authentication you know, turned on, so I have to have my phone when I log in. But uh, it's, it's really an eye-opener, and this has been – this is a moment of self-disclosure, but th- this, this year I have really gotten serious as a tech director um, about using a, a password manager, which I have dabbled with before, but I've actually used one that creates long string, you know, random passwords, and um, I'm, I'm being more secure than ever. I'm not saying this for anybody that wants to, you know, be a prankster and, and try to see what they can do because, you know, hackers got into Colin Powell and John Podesta's emails by, you know, masquerading as, as Google and sending them really tricky bitly links that, you know, look like they were Google links. And anyway, so both of our picks to start out with are about security. Not to say that everyone has to stick with that, but uh, Jason, how about you? Do you have a book pick for us tonight? I do. I'm, I'm going to recommend. Actually, it's it's uh, really two ideas related to a book. I'm sharing the the current version. Um, I've had travel on the mind lately. I am going overseas starting next Monday, and so a lot of reading, a lot of planning for that. But um, I, I bought this book probably two dozen times and given it as gifts for students uh, upon graduation, uh, first time travelers to Europe or elsewhere around the world. The book is called Europe Through the Back Door by travel writers Rick Steves. Um, it is a kind of an introduction to traveling to Europe for first time European travelers. But what I like about it is that um, especially if you've not had the opportunity to go outside the country before, especially if you are um uh, uh, first time, you know, outside of kind of the U.S.-Canada uh, realm, it really is an excellent introduction to not just, you know, basic travel advice, but also philosophy that you can adopt to better uh, enjoy yourself while you are, are traveling, particularly in, in Europe, but I think the philosophy applies all around the world. Um, it starts off with, you know, not expecting you know, United States-style travel experiences um, in Europe, and instead you should embrace the European nature of the countries that you're in, uh, not to kind of spend your way into kind of like a traveler cocoon where you're just experiencing what you could experience in, you know, the comfort inn down the street where you want to be in something that's maybe something different than your experience or uncomfortable. But the part that I've always loved about it, and this is why I've shared this book so many times with students as, as graduation gifts, is that the notion that, um, you know, that that traveling can transform you and that you can learn about others' existence and grow with travel. I think that's an extremely important part. It's even more important in light of um, uh, uh, political events in the last 10 years related to um, uh, terrorism and the notion of the other and obviously political situations inside the United States. And so if you know someone that's that's a first-time uh, European traveler, you yourself um, are, are considering a trip uh, overseas, that's an excellent book. Um, I would give one piece of advice related to any travel guide, uh, but it's particularly true of this particular book. You can get go back and get the 2015, 14, 13 edition, which is more than good enough to introduce yourself to the book. Buy the used copy for one cent plus three ninety nine shipping, as opposed to buying the new version of it. In fact, for my trip next week, that's what my wife and I did for. Um, uh, we bought the year old edition of the London and Paris travel guides. We've torn them all apart. We spent you know sixteen dollars total on five different books that got shipped to us by U.S. mail. We've been tearing them all apart to kind of create our own travel book and um, are heading off into the sunset. So Europe the Backdoor, Rick Steves, excellent travel writer, excellent travel guide. 
Well, just when you thought we were going to be pro-consumerism, spend, 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 help our democracy and go to the mall, uh, you're getting some free and almost free advice from books so far. That's awesome. So, Martin, what do you got for us? Well, I, I haven't read this book. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, I like the title and I like what people are saying about it. It's, it. it's by Kevin Kelly, who I'm sure you're quite familiar with. Oh, I love Kevin um, Kelly. It's called The Inevitable. Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future. And some of the uh, early praise for it, it wasn't just what they said, but who they are. Um, David Pogue, obviously, uh, a former New York Times tech writer. Um, Chris Anderson, former editor. Um, I think maybe he's the current editor of uh, Wired Magazine. Brian Eno, a musician. You've heard of him. Um, uh, Mark Andreessen name from the past. Anyway, just had glowing uh, things to say in all sorts of different directions. So I guess I like the idea of the the, um, the take on the future. And so that's one that's on my list. Um, came out in June of this, this year. That's awesome. You know, Kevin Kelly was what, one of the guys who helped edit the Whole Earth Catalog? Am I, am I getting yeah, this way right? back. Yeah. yeah. And he's an interesting guy because he's been very technologically involved, but he's also... Um, almost a Luddite and just um, a real critical voice of thinking about technology and its role. And I'm trying to think of what, what I, what I, I read, I, I listened to one of his books. So I have to open it in my audible. That's what I have to do now. My offboard brain. I can't remember titles. So I have to look and see what I listened to, but I love future books too. Um, I'll, I could, I'd have to grab it to get the, the, um, the author, but it's called the future and its enemies. Oh, it's Virginia postal. Uh, and I love that stuff, right? You know, with our visions of the future, the Jetsons. Oh, wait a minute. It's not going to be the Jetsons. Oh, is it going to be, you know, Tomorrowland with, ne- with, uh, you know, everybody on their porch, uh, you know, with, with whatever the future world that, that Disney tries to project. And, um, the inevitability piece of that really appeals to me as well. Cause I, I think there's an inevitability to the way in which, uh, the security state and bureaucracies and, and governments and police forces have co-opted the open web. And, you know, we've talked a lot about security issues and things like that on the show. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's a very interesting landscape. So yeah, I think he's um, Kelly asked a question. I think it was one of his TED talks, but it was related to probably a, a previous book. He asked, what does technology want? That's the book I listened to. Yeah, right. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think his questions are great. I once dared students, took on the same dare he did in one of his uh, talks about try to find a piece of technology, name a piece of technology that does not exist in any form today. I don't mean like in a museum, but I mean doesn't have a functional version that is still made. Hmm. Um, and a lot of people might think, I don't know, a cotton gin or a, a horse plow. Obviously, those things are still quite popular. And I had a student say, how about a tall masted ship? You know, they still make fully functional tall masted ships. And yeah. the answer, it was absolutely. Um, yeah. And we went online and they had just launched one of the largest in the world um, earlier that year. You know, Ben Wilkoff is challenging you with the eight track. So I don't I don't know. I, I do know NASA had to like recreate. They had to build from scratch, you know, some kind of a player to to play some of the videos that were taken from the early Apollo oh, yeah. and things like that, you know, because the the playback technology um, was. Well, I would say Google it and see. I bet there's a retro. My my daughter asked for a essentially the new version of a Polaroid camera for Christmas. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we were we've been debating record, you know, record players. We were up in, in Yellow, near Yellowstone at, at our, our cousin's uh, cabin and uh, they had a record player. And, you know, we're it's not quite offline entirely. It's, I mean, it's obviously electrified and indoor plumbing, but it was the this was, you know, in the 10 years ago. And it was the first time our kids had ever seen a record player. And, and we were people were dancing around and it was skipping. <laughs> and anyway, it was this whole retro moment. Yes, that's right. That's what the record player was like. So. Well, we've got uh, Peggy George, uh, where it's six, it was 62. Well, no way. Peggy George said it was 79 today in Phoenix. And we have Ben Wilkoff in, uh, I think, Aurora and Denver area, Colorado. And he said it was cold, but it'll be 62. So we are excited to have a couple live viewers. And we've got somebody else who's, who's chimed in but hasn't gotten into our chat room. So I've actually managed on my 12-inch MacBook screen to have the, the Hangout over here. And I've got the pop-out uh, chat over there on the side. So uh, – Maybe we'll be more more interactive than ever. So anybody have any other thoughts on anybody else's book picks or, or any other uh, book-related advice? The chat room is um, available. I'll, I, I'll, I'll drop it into our uh, Google Hangout chat, actually. You have, to, <laughs> you have to open up the live YouTube uh, version of this, and then the chat is up in the upper right corner above related videos, and there's a little link that says pop out. So... I think I can put it into our private chat and then you guys can open that up if, if you want to separately. All right. Well, who'd like to go first on their under $20 gift recommendation? We'll just open it up. We won't go. I'm right here. I might as well go first. Go for it, Martin. Um, my under 20 uh, is a little thing that I saw on several different websites when I was looking for cool tech um, and it's the a Bondic Plus. It's a plastic bonder or plastic welder. Basically, I assume it, it's a, a spin-off technology out of the stuff that dentists use, like if they're filling a cavity where they put a, a liquid into the space and then hit it with an ultraviolet light uh, when they're ready, and then it turns to a, a solid or to whatever uh, kind of material they need. And this is actually something that looks like um, instead of glue, it actually uses um, uh, some sort of an extruded material, soft material, and then when you get it just how you want, you can uh, hit it with a UV light and it turns solid. Um, so it has obviously lots of tech apps, um, applications if you're fixing things, fixing cracks. A lot of people are using it to beef up the um, connections and uh, earbuds um, and you know, like USB plugs, etc. Um, but I look at it as maybe the first step in really functional um, handheld 3D printing, if you will, where you could actually take this and create something and then solidify it. There are pens that you try to draw in 3D, which look right. Of, the extru uh, extruder or what is that called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this thing actually looks like you would be able to use it uh, in makerspace arenas, things like that, where you can actually bond the plastic much easier. And apparently it's fairly strong. I don't know how many how many bonds you get for the money, but it's when you start dealing with materials that you actually treat with ultraviolet light um, in plastics and ceramics, et cetera, you get some pretty cool stuff that we aren't usually used to, kind of like crazy glue all over again. So that's my under 20. I see it at Amazon at $19.99. That's awesome. And for everybody to know, you can you can go to our edtechsr.com slash links. And if you don't see all these there, we'll be we'll be adding those in. Um, although I think most of them are, are are dropping in. How many of you guys have a 3D printer at your house? Do any of you yet? Yeah, I don't know who does. 
Kevin Jarrett probably does. <laughs> my, He's probably got a laser engraver at home. Yeah. My brother-in-law, who's an engineer, has one at home, but that's, I mean, it's he's, he just sits home, basically makes his own Legos all the time, so. <laughs> and is that legal? <laughs> yeah, good question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, Miguel, what's your under 20? Well, I was really hard-pressed for this one. I, I, I don't uh, – so all I've got to offer here is, is – and it's not very exciting – is the Lightning to USB cable for five ninety nine. That's not the Apple version, obviously. <laughs> obviously not. Yeah, it's probably – and it probably isn't legal, but uh, I think well, they crack down on these. But they work great. I, I try to buy uh, three or four every every time I buy some because it's they're, they're just wonderful. And those aren't dangerous. We had, we talked in an early show about, didn't we, Jason, about uh, chargers for certain Chromebooks that were like frying the the boards or something like that, micro USB. Am I yeah. remembering that right? Yeah, we did. And uh, you know, you have to be careful when you're buying you know the the non OEM products. But I mean, a good way to do that is just to look at the Amazon reviews. That generally speaking, if they are, someone will make this mistake on your behalf, and then you don't have to worry about it. And um, <laughs> So that's uh, uh, that's generally how I've done it. I, I would say that uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Monoprice, and that's going to be my recommendations a little bit later. They also sell a variety of cheap cables that I've never had a problem with. But yeah, don't don't buy the OEM ones because the twenty dollars for that Lightning cable is, is is utterly ridiculous. Now, Miguel, are you revealing that you do have iOS devices in the home by saying that you endorse this Lightning cable? Of course, I do. I've got an iPhone and uh, iPad, and uh, I have to work in. Uh with with the Mac every once in a while, but uh, you know, it, it, not everybody can run Linux, uh, and you can't run Linux 100% of the time. But uh, you're not running the Black Phone, uh, remaining off the grid with all PGP communication. I'm shocked. I I, I don't think it's uh, quite there. I I think I read a blog entry where you were talking about some weird phones uh, that were out there, but right now I think iOS is is the most secure. So I could okay. be wrong. So, All right, but you know, you just don't digitize anything that you want to keep private. Uh, that's why I keep a handy notepad somewhere around here. And uh, my other pick was a messenger bag, but you know, it, it was hard to find stuff for twenty dollars. Martin uh, definitely put us to shame on this one. So yeah, he's his way geekier than mine. So wait till you get to the expensive one. <laughs> that's right, the expensive stuff's great. Well, I didn't put a Tesla on mine, but yeah. Oh, a Tesla would be. Series <laughs> <laughs> yeah, S for me. All right, Jason, how about you? Under sure. Time. I have a couple of quick recommendations. Uh, first and foremost, I will tell you that it, there is no shame for those of you, if you're buying for a nerd and you're looking for tonight's panel to, you know, help you buy for your nerd and nothing's really ringing your bell, buy an Amazon gift certificate. You really can't go wrong. There is no shame. Um, you know, and when I say nerd, I'm not even talking computer nerd. I'm talking about someone that's got a lot of passion in a interesting, technical, nuanced field. You may never be able to buy them what they're really looking for. So Unless they give you a list, buy an Amazon gift certificate and call it good. I, there's no shame in that. But I do have three other quick, uh, quick stocking stuffer under twenty dollar uh, things that are awesome. First and foremost, I recommend this every year, and a lot of people tell me how how, how they've appreciated it. But the the Belkin Three Outlet Search Plus Mini Travel Swivel a charger is great. It, it turns one uh, outlet into three, and also has two USB. 
um, ports on it that have enough juice going through them to uh, power a couple iPads. I've made more friends at ISTE every year by showing up with one of these, finding thing and saying, here, can I create a couple of extra ports for you while I charge my phone? And it's a great conversation starter. And for 16 bucks, you really can't go wrong. I carry one in almost every bag that I own because it's really useful uh, for what it does. And then I would also say that if you're buying for a non-audio file, the audio files are too snobby to, 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 to utilize these two recommendations, but uh, there are two really great uh, pair of headphones and a pair of earbuds from Monoprice. Monoprice being um, my favorite place to buy um, uh, uh, electronics that um, are usually upsold a lot by price um, in you know the, the more traditional manufacturers. But these are the the ten dollar um, earbuds. They're awesome. They have the flat ribbon cable, which means they don't get all cattywampus in your bag. They sound amazing. The best part about them, though, is that if in six months from now they disappear, or my dog chews them up, or I tear them apart, or I put them in the washer or dryer, or they just fall apart. Although I've never had a pair of Monoprice anything just fall apart, um, you spend $10 and you got a brand new pair. And then their $16 DJ headphones are indestructible. Um, I have taken them um, backpacking. I have taken them um, in and out of the country. I have uh, carried them in bags. I have dropped them. I have had them uh, fall between the seats and get stuck down in between. I had to pry them out between the seats. Um, I've actually had a cat sleep on one of mine several times. And uh, I bought. I spent $19, what they cost when I first bought them. I cannot destroy these things, and they are extremely clear and I can't tell the difference between those and a pair of Beats. Now, again, I'm not an audiophile, but if you're looking for great, indestructible for kids, uh, for a spouse that maybe doesn't care that much but wants to be able to, you know, not utilize those very, very sad $6 ones that you can get at a big box store, those are great audio recommendations that I think would work for anyone. Awesome. Man, see, you ask the the geeks to give some recommendations and you're just going to get all kinds of great stuff. So, this may actually affect some of my my shopping. I didn't necessarily plan on that. I'm not I'm saying this portion of the show, not our uh over $100 as I glance at what some of you have put down. So, uh my under $20 pick is the iPow iPad tripod mount adapter and universal tablet clamp. Um I have uh, tried several different iPad attachments and honestly this this is one of the most useful things for school uh, I just had one of our middle school teachers today uh, email me and say hey I want to you know record a couple of my lessons because I I want to share this and have clips and whatnot and so uh, we just borrowed it from um, another teacher that I that we've that, that has a tripod for 10 bucks it's great it, it has a couple different um, foam, you know, deals depending on how wide your, your uh, device is. It'll work with whatever kind of tablet you have, but it really is handy to be able to stabilize your, your, your tablet as you are recording. And, uh, we have been quite, quite geeky with some holiday, uh, Christmas card sorts of things with green screens. And we've had, we've had some fun on Mother's Day and, and Father's Day playing with our green screen and whatnot. So, uh, whether you're doing something for a holiday type video recording for your family or, you know, it's something for school, um, definitely awesome. And again, Amazon is the source. Can't beat 10, 10 bucks. I bought some or 70 bucks and those were like specific to a particular iPad model. So what's nice about this is it's just a clamp and, you know, it's probably going to work on whatever other kinds of, of, uh, of iPads. And unless we have the, 
iOS flea or, you know, whatever. It's not, it's, it's, it's tablet size. So, um, it's going to work on whatever, uh, I think Apple is going to come out with next. So, or, or something else for those of you that are non, non Apple tablet users. All right. Anybody want to, want to jump into our uh, middle category of 20 to $100? Sure. <laughs> okay. I'll go start again. Um, Mine uh, is the um, Ultimate Ears Roll 2 Reef wireless speaker. Um, I actually have one of their earlier ones. I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of a a saucer, like a discus-shaped speaker. Excellent sound. It runs, um, I think the new one runs about nine hours on its charge. Um, It's waterproof, um, and it's kind of got a a funny retro-ish look or I don't know, avant-garde almost, um, with a giant plus and minus on one surface, and that's obviously the volume control. It's got a rubberized back. It even comes um, with a little, uh, looks like a giant lifesaver, um, inflatable lifesaver, so you can use it in a pool party. It just floats around. Um, but I, my earlier one, um, I, still, I still have it. Uh, Bluetooth must be one of the earlier generations. It's pretty good, not perfect, um, but I really like the sound and the form factor, and it's one of those speakers that sounds a lot better when it's sitting on something or leaning against something than if it's just hanging out in the air. Um, I've got it. Amazon's got it for about 96 bucks. Um, earlier ones were about $65. Um, it's a heavy, dense little thing. And I was reading about the engineering of the earlier version, and they actually had to install weights inside it because they wanted it to sit perfectly flat. It's like a a discus, so it's kind of curved on both sides. Um, So if you sit it down on a table, um, originally the distribution of speakers and batteries and magnets and everything would tilt it slightly, so they actually added weight to the speaker so it would balance. Um, But anyway, I've... Uh, I really like mine, and then to see that they've taken it even further, I think is great. That's mine. <clears throat> awesome. I'll I'll be happy to jump in on the next one. Um, you know, following up with the uh, speakers, there's uh, I bought a, a portable shower Bluetooth rugged speaker. It's it's it works great. I I think I have it here, <laughs> and. Uh, it looks like that. It's not flat or anything, but it works wonderfully well. It's it's uh, nice to carry around for uh, presentations. It's probably not as light as the one that uh, Martin just shared, but uh, um, the U. It's pretty it doesn't heavy. cost ninety nine dollars. So it's, it's thirty bucks. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So um, I also wanted to share a, a few other things. Um, uh, my wife uh, tends to lose uh, stuff, and I'm sure everybody's heard about Tile. It's that little yeah. little gadget that you just. So I was, I was doing a little bit of research, and apparently Chipolo Plus is uh, a competitor to them. And uh, so I, I'm going to give I'm giving them a try, and we'll be uh, acquiring one of those. And then for, for people uh, who don't know about just, the Tile, Miguel, can you give us a quick uh, that that those are the RFID things that you use an app to. Try to locate stuff if you see yeah. it. Is that right? Yeah, you can, you can track it. Um, I wish I had the info off the top of my head, but oh, you know what? Let me just click and read it. <laughs> you got a computer in front of you. Yeah, yeah I know. Shoot. I got, I got, uh, you should see my spread here. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, how many screens are represented at this moment with these four? Panels? One, two, three, four. Okay, so uh, Chipolo uh, second generation Bluetooth key phone, car, luggage, wallet item. Anyways, you get this little uh, plastic chip. Uh, you can hook it up to your key ring, uh, tuck it into your wallet, your purse, uh, obviously, or man bag or Merce or whatever. And uh, <laughs> then you, you, you can track it uh, on your app. It also has like a little network. So that way um, if you've left it somewhere and somebody else is walking around with the, with the app, uh, they can detect it and uh, um, let you know where it's at. Uh, so can you put one on your spouse. Yes, you can. I was thinking about putting one on the dog um, or hamster, I, I think is, uh, you know, uh, there's a million different uses for it. And uh, I think it's definitely worth uh, checking out. So, But this, I, I decided to try this one out instead of the tile, although tile seems to have a lot more uh, name recognition because I think it was one of the first, so if not the first one. But uh, Chipolo seems to have gotten some really good reviews. So definitely... Check that out. They're about thirty dollars, twenty nine ninety nine per unit, and uh, to get uh, you can get two of them for about sixty four dollars on Amazon, uh, as I know well know now. One for twenty nine or two for sixty four? Yeah, something like that. Uh, okay, I have to check my math here, but uh, I'm not good in math, Martin. So, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, some two other items I'd love to share with you. The uh, I don't know if anybody noticed, but the Kindle Fire. Anybody here a Kindle user? Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, it's the Kindle Fire. Uh, you have your Amazon phone with that, Miguel. <laughs> I wish I had an Amazon phone to be honest with you, but you know Amazon hasn't offered me one at no cost, and I can do more with my iPhone. But uh, works great. I love it. I can watch movies on it. I can save movies to it. Really. Uh, yeah, and it's only thirty nine ninety nine right now for and holiday price. And it's a full blown Android, right? It's just, or it's running a modified Android OS. It's running a modified Android yeah. OS, but you know what? I don't I don't worry about uh, doing something incredibly creative with it. There's, you can uh, do stuff with with the Kindle Fires for educational purposes, but as a you know, what is it? Consumer it device, is a consumptive it's, device. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's. Save the rest for your iPad or your your iPhone or your Android so, device. I, I could add something to that. Actually, this is that Kindle Fire. I bought it. Um, it's, it, I think it's it's seven or eight months old, and I bought it because I'm always consumed with the you know what does the bottom line tech do from a standpoint of if a kid brings it into your classroom, what can it do? And not only have I been very impressed with it. I mean, it's not it's not light. The battery is just okay. But I actually was able to, in about 10 minutes, hack uh, the Google Play Store onto it and get rid of the loader on it. So now it's functionally a straight-up Android tablet now. So um, I liked it before. I, I like it even better now. And when it's just a you know, an around-the-house tablet, which makes me sound you know patently ridiculous, right, it's perfect, right? And it like if it drops or if the cat scratches it or anything, who cares? 40 bucks. Good grief. Yeah. All right. And what about it's the blue great. Mikey? What about the blue Mikey? You got one more. Uh, so I I was looking for a microphone for uh, my iPhone so that I could do uh, podcasting, obviously, and recording uh, people when they weren't listening. And um, although I haven't had a chance to play with the blue Mikey because uh, my podcast or excuse me, my YouTuber uh, in the house has taken it over, but uh, it it he's giving it good reports. Um, so 
it's definitely a great uh, microphone for your iDevice and, and that has a lightning port. And you should. If anyone knows of a less ex- what's that? No, go ahead. If anyone knows of a less expensive one. Yeah, if anybody knows of a less expensive one, that would be awesome. I think so, the iRig is about the same. I'm using the iRig HD, which is uh, it'll work with Lightning or with with USB. But I think it's probably the, around that same price point. So you I will need- definitely plug the show. Uh, all you have to do is uh, look for it. I'll, I'll paste the link in the. Uh, is it a cooking show that James does? I'm not quite sure what it is that he does, but uh, it, it it does. Um, he, he sort of talks about cooking and he pretends to cook, but uh, he doesn't actually cook. Does that make sense? Really? It's just him talking. It's actually, Wes, I need it's a lot like show, your cool. episodes. That's right. It's just like <laughs> my podcast all the time. It's just rambling. No, yeah. that's that's great. That's great. And and James is now a – is he a senior? Oh, he's 17 and uh, uh senior in high school. So Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see, Jason, you want to do your 20 to 100? Yeah. Um, I'm still a fan of the e-ink Kindle. I think it's hard to beat when you're reading, especially since I do believe that putting a backlit screen into your eyes at night, which is when most people are engaging in long form reading is a terrible idea. Um, I, I've used both the, uh, Kindle Voyager, which is the super high end Kindle and the Kindle Paperwhite and the Kindle Paperwhite is the best available for the price. And so if you're not on the Kindle uh, board yet, if you know someone that's not, um, honestly, for a lot of long-form reading, not all, but a lot of long-form reading, it really, in my humble opinion, is the superior way to read. And right now, the $120 paperwhite, $120 paperwhite is $99, which made it qualify for this category tonight. And um, I've also put a link in the show notes for Amazon's refurbished store, and honestly, um, it, it, I would probably buy a refurbished just about anything from Amazon because the best part about it is that if there's something wrong with it, they'll absolutely replace it. Usually, shipping it, uh, uh, cross shipping it in the mail, so it's not you're not sitting around waiting for a device. So um, uh, definitely go that route, especially when you're shopping for yourself. Good deal. And uh, Ben Wilkoff, who's in our chat room, uh, Miguel says his favorite iOS microphone is the IQ7 from Zoom. And uh, somebody will have to Google that really quick and, and pull up a price. I don't know what the what the price is on that. I've been a fan of iRigs for a while, and this um, this HD is uh, you know it's been it's been pretty good. It's been the main the main podcasting mic for a while. I haven't taken it on the road. Tony Vincent is the one that has the awesome covers for it. You know to have the screen, and then he has you know some kind of little box that makes him you know look like uh, he's working for CNN, but it's got his own his own logo on it. So someday I'll be that cool. It looks like it's. Uh, I'm looking at it now. It's ninety nine ninety nine. So that puts it in the same uh, ballpark as the the blue Mikey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It, what bothers me is that that. You know, I have a uh, OtterBox on my phone, so I, I really I don't want to take off the the case so that I can use this. I wish there was an extender cable. Mm. I'm sure there is. There I is. Just, yeah. So, what what do you call that? Lightning extender cable? Or? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I had the same problem. I won't I won't carry around an iOS device without an OtterBox on it. So, um, yeah. I don't care about my Android phones, but <laughs> for Kindle for- Fire. Who needs a case? Yeah, yeah, but for for just about anything else, um, or or the high end stuff, yeah, the OtterBox is critical, and so you have to get the little extender. So, all right. Well, 
my uh, $20.100 is uh, actually a, a shout-out to Tony Vincent. Uh, this, Of course, everything's geeky here. This is the Brother QL700 high-speed professional label printer. And, um, you know, if you don't follow Tony Vincent and, and you're into ed tech, you are, are missing out because he is, is really the commiserate professional when it comes to websites and just polish and presentation. And so at the mobile learning conference a couple years ago, I first saw him pass out these little stickers. And so I was like, how do you do that? And he's got, he's got a, a little shortened link. It goes, it's like tonyv.me slash sticker or slash print slash printer. I think we'll go to his. They've actually discontinued the one that he uses, but um, this uh, uses thermal printing. So you never have to replace the ink. You just get more, more paper for it. Uh, thermal paper. Um, and um, I put into the show notes a little screenshot I presented a couple weeks ago down in Norman at um, at a conference. And uh, it's it's kind of cool. So you, you just hand out stickers to people in your session and you can put a little QR code and put a shortened link and people can, you know, stick it on their program or, you know, put it in a planner or, or, or whatever. But uh, it's it's kind of cool, and it it's a way of both sharing the shortened link, which is going to work for obviously everybody, and then also the QR code, which I don't know what the percentage is of, you know, K twelve teachers or higher ed folks for that matter who are QR code users. But um, I think it's still very useful to mention to people how wonderful the QR code is for getting to a web link very quickly. And so for uh, a mere investment of $65, you can have your own little printer. And then before you're sharing your ed tech sessions or whatever kind of a, a presentation you're doing, um, I have given some presentations at our Sunday school class at church and people really look at me like I am a freak when I hand these things out with QR codes and they're like, what you know, planet are you from? But, Anyway, there probably are some people that are able to visit the link as a result of that. And the other thing I want to do is give a shout-out to Martin because Martin introduced me probably like five or six years ago (laughs) to one of the most transformative uh, gifts that would fit in the same category, and it is a USB stick that has its own Wi-Fi hotspot, and and we have like a 64-gig model. And so when you're in the car on a trip, as long as the members of your family have downloaded the app, they can, you can have like four people simultaneously streaming movies, you know, from that, that little stick. So I'm trying to think, Martin, do you remember what the, I'm trying to, what the brand of that is or whatever? I've, I've, I actually, I've got the app, but you know, that's old school when I get to my next gift. SanDisk, SanDisk, SanDisk SanDisk wireless flash. And we got to give a shout out to Marta Tome, who is checking in from Tegucigalpa, uh, which is in Honduras, I think. I think that's the capital, where it was like 68 today. And she said that was very cool for them. So when we say this is the international EdTech Situation Room, we are not kidding. We are so excited that you're here tuning in live, Marta. All right. Martin, do you want to do you want to take us to our last category? This is the no holes barred. Just has to be over a hundred dollars. Yeah, this one's over a hundred dollars. Um, this uh, in this category, I chose the um, 2017 Mercedes Maybach S uh, 600 sedan. <laughs> uh, if that's okay. Um, what would that set us back? Um, well, entry price starts at about one hundred ninety-one thousand. Um, and, but you got to get some of the uh, extra features, such as the in-car Wi-Fi hotspot, so you don't need your SanDisk anymore. Okay. Um, it's got basically like a glass cockpit, but that's not terribly unusual because others, other uh, 
cars have those now, like Tesla, et cetera. Um, it has some really cool aspects to that, like a split screen. And this is something I, I think you're going to see drift into the regular tech world. Um, and basically, it's a large LCD display, but it's, it can display two different things at the same time. So the passenger could be watching a movie on this screen while the driver is using it as a GPS. Because of so the, ang if you were the over angle left, that you've got or whatever? What? How does it work? Is it the angle that they're it's, looking at it or what? Well, the angle changes what you see. How does it? How is it done? I'm not sure. Um, I'd like to find out more, but you could literally get, and I've seen videos of it, and you're over here, and it's a crystal clear GPS screen. You're over here, and it's an entertainment system, and you can move back and forth. Um, it has a sunroof. If you can believe it, there's actually glass on the roof. You can look up and see right out of it, except you can adjust the tint of the glass. So you can turn on or off the amount of uh, transmission of light, and actually you can have each side adjust the amount of light. It's like the technology you see in the CIA rooms where they walk in the glass cube and then it turns dark. You can actually... Uh, um, change how much light gets through the glass with a, um, an electronic active tinting. Um, it has cameras around it and gives you a bird's eye view of what's going on around your car. So instead of just your backup camera, it's the entire car and it stitches it together into a 360 degree view around your car. Have you seen this one in person? I mean, this. I have not. I don't know if there ever is there ever going to be one in Montana. <laughs> Um, I, I just I just looked and there's not even one with close to our zip code. So, yeah, it's um it's pretty wild and some of the technology uh, I think it, it's got I think the coolest thing is um you can get a an actual analog clock in the dashboard. Wow, that's a that's an added feature. I'm not I can check how much extra that. See, that you've costs. just set the bar so high. We could just end the show. You're, you're, you all are not going to hear anything that cool, probably certainly not from me. But who knows? Maybe 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 we will. But that I didn't even get into the driving part. I'll let you look that up. But it's got all sorts of assisted features that make it. It bridges the gap between a driverless car and a driver car. It even senses if you're getting tired in your reactions and warns you. So, like, if you if you get sluggish, it picks that up and and asks, "Are you know you too tired to drive?" My parents just got a oh gosh, a Pathfinder. Is it a Pathfinder? No, it's not a Pathfinder. Ugh, uh, Subaru. Um, Forester. Forester, exactly. And it and it really helps out as far as like getting too close and if it needs to slow down and if they're get, you know the moving over the road and it'll move back. I mean that's 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 wild. Does the Mercedes is it electric and what's what's the mileage? No, oh no, it's got a uh, I think it's like a twelve cylinder, um, six liter, uh, bi turbo engine. Okay, probably gets about a mile a gallon or so. Right. But of course, you can watch all that, and it graphs your economy on the heads-up display, so you can see, you know, what you're doing over time. Kind of like getting your your power bill, and it shows you your driving over the last year. Um, it's a it's a pretty wild wild looking thing, but I like it because I this and Tesla and the Apple Car and Google's new self driving car, all of those are are proof of concept or test beds for different kinds of technology. And I see this, especially with the way they've inc incorporated the screens, um, 
to be probably something that's going to drift in. And also on the screen or on the, it, it has its own app, of course. Um, and if you look at the, uh, the link I put in, but you blow it up on the app or, or blow up your screen on the app and read under the thumb, it says something like, you know, before you do the remote start, it says make sure it's in an open air location and away from flammable materials and not being serviced, not currently being serviced or repaired. So you could be, you know, sitting drinking coffee while your Mercedes oil is getting changed and hit the app button and it starts up and drives off the off the rig. <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. Um, well, Miguel, do you want to take us above the, the $100 threshold? I regret that I don't have uh, over $100. I'm not allowed to spend that much, so... <laughs> It's just the way it is. You did put in some a few extra links, though, for more gadgets. Yes, I did. Uh, if you uh, check out the, let's see if I can pull those up. Um, I included uh, two links to TCEA, which uh, my employer. Uh, they have. It seems every year they do these. Um, so I put in uh, 2015 and 2016 uh, links. So you'll find uh, two great articles and. Um, were those written by, or those know. pinned by you? No, they weren't. So, uh, which is probably a nice break, right? Uh, no, it's all the, good. I need, to read, I need to be reading your blog more often. So, so yeah, I, I think they've got a few. Um, the the one for this year mentioned something called an e stream. This is. Uh, Dr. Bruce Ellis's e-stream for $180. Uh, that seemed pretty interesting. It's a water power uh, extra battery for your for your mobile device, and it can fit into your backpack. So uh, I guess uh, those of you that are over in uh, Montana and uh, Oklahoma where you might get snowed in, uh, that might be handy somehow. You said or water power? Freeze. Yeah. It's water power, new clean uh, source for recharging devices. So. How does it work? Hang on a second. Let me check. Yeah, that's right. Quick. <laughs> Allow me to consult the Google. <laughs> uh, it's at, located at energynomad.com. And uh, oh, it looks cool. Y- y- y'all need to check it out. Energynomad.com. Far a stream or, yeah, far a field into yeah. all kinds of exciting <laughs> Places stream is, is perfect. The EdTech situation yeah. room does not normally go. Yeah, portable water power generator that fits into your backpack. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Of course, it's South Korea. It looks like it's got propeller blades on it, and you drop it in the water, and it generates uh, power from that. That's, oh, so it's a turbine. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll add this to my... <clears throat> um, Life out cyber attack prep Got kit that, that I'm gonna you know be putting together along with fast troves of uh, of of whole grain wheat that I can grind to make our bread and then I'll I'll have a power source. Of course, we don't have a stream nearby, so cool. Well, you never know. You never know. Post apocalypse. Yeah, be it, it might be there. Be prepared. All right, Jason, what you got for us? Over a hundred dollars. Sorry, I was being distracted by the video on their Indiegogo project. Um. <laughs> So uh, I would say that that um, keeping just over a hundred dollars, um, I if you know someone who's a techie that's not already that doesn't already have a voice activated um, home device, now is the time to get one. Um, 
Uh, a couple weeks ago, I did preview my Google Home, which is something that is um, really great. Um, I knew that I had made a maybe the right purchase when the other day I noticed my wife had used it to turn on NPR radio. Um, but at $125, and then I'm also sharing a link for the Amazon um, Echo, which is the original uh, product in this uh, sphere, which is $139 right now and cheaper in the refurbished store. Um, I think that these devices are, are going to start becoming a lot more commonplace in homes. And for geeks that don't already have one, um, they would be a really, really great gift. Um, but yeah, if I think you would also like to enable the security state to monitor you at all times, this is the microphone for you. <laughs> Jason, exactly. Jason, do you have an opinion? Miguel, put this in Echo or, or Home. Which which do you think is better? Have you tested the Echo um, much? I have not tested the Echo much. Um, I have seen a lot of demonstrations of it. The Echo right now has a much larger app ecosystem because they've been around longer, so they have hundreds of apps that they have hooks into. So right now it's way more functional, but I have a theory that at some point the Google Home will well exceed um, the Echo when it comes to hooks to other apps and the extensibility that will come with that process. So I would assume that um, that at some point it's going to become um, a much more functional product. Well, this is a uh, maybe a question for for Kevin Kelly, who Martin talked about as far as technology wanting, but it's with AI and these devices in our homes, and then also comparing them. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to to try to find out who's gauging the the the, the progress of AI. You know, Apple right. compared to Google compared to Amazon. Microsoft doesn't have an entry yet, do they? Do they have a, a speak to it device yet? Um, in the home? They go ahead and go. Ahead. I was just gonna say yes, they do. I, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, they do have. Uh, or is that Amazon's? It's that's, that's Cortana. Amazon. Cortana. 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 Yeah. Miguel has that's drank good. the Microsoft Kool Aid more than any of our other panelists, and can tell us how delicious it is. Have you been to Redmond yourself, Miguel? At like the the <laughs> mecca of of Gates and Balmer, as it were. Yes, and it was wonderful. It was great to visit. Um, you know, you, you get to connect to all the Microsoft uh, folks, and they are just so enthusiastic, and uh, the whole community is a global community. So, you know, it, it has a different feel from other uh, large communities that are associated with uh, one of the big three, Apple, Google, or Microsoft. So it, it's it's pretty nice to connect with them, and um, because uh, they almost feel – it's kind of weird to say this, but they feel almost like they're in the underdog Mm-hmm. Uh, role, yeah. and, and you know it's important to stand with the underdogs, and uh, so that's why I've um, jumped in. And, you know what really turned me off about Apple was um, here we go rant beginning um, was the USB C, um, and uh, so I d- said I'm not going to stick with the MacBook. I'm, well, I'm Ben Wilcox in our chat room has said <laughs> that is just he is in love with USB C. So Ben is the first person I've I've heard make that pronouncement publicly. So. He, he must be independently wealthy. You know, I, I, what really turned me off is when I had to buy a $45 adapter so that I could plug in stuff to, to a little yeah. MacBook. Got Put that thing in the drawer and haven't opened it again. And uh, the Surface Book is tremendous. But, uh, you know, going back to the um, – yeah, you interrupted my Google search here. But um, – <laughs> The, the there is a Microsoft says they're they're going to have something out in 2017 that's going to compete with the Amazon Echo. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, I would I would expect them to have something in the marketplace. It's kind of like, do you have a laptop? You know, do you have something in the home that's going to feed your AI engine with with speech and you know people are going to interact with? So they're going to. They just came out and they said that they had uh, better speech recognition. Um, that Cortana had better speech recognition than uh, some of the other products that are out there. So I think Microsoft is being pretty innovative recently and uh, um, definitely worth keeping an eye on and seeing how the changes work out. You know, in the past they weren't, it, it didn't, you didn't get that. Ooh, wow. That's, you know, but uh, now there's something different about their product. So I, I think they're, they're definitely moving ahead. Well, I've got to do my over one hundred dollar uh, pick, uh, and then I'm going to throw one more unexpected question to everybody, which is going to be, you know, approaching the holidays. I'm sure that that probably everyone has more media consumption options than ever before. So, if you were going to make a movie recommendation or a a movie marathon recommendation, uh, which could be a series or whatever, you know, that's that's going to be uh, one of our parting questions. Uh, but we have a question from the chat room, and we respond to our interactive audience. Um, Peggy asks, and I, I really can't answer this, what's the difference between Amazon Fire Stick and Apple TV? Uh, I haven't even played with the Fire Stick at all. Has anybody? I, I can. I, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, Jason, go ahead. And we'll yeah, go ahead. The Apple TV, I mean, they, they're, basically, they're basically the same kind of platform. Amazon... Um, uh, utilizes the Amazon App Store, which are Android apps that have, have been repurposed through the Amazon Store, whereas the uh, second, third generation Apple TV has a limited set of apps. The fourth generation Apple TV has a larger app ecosystem. Um, if if they were equal in price, which they're not, I think the Apple TV is a better platform. The problem with the Amazon Stick, not necessarily the Amazon Fire TV, but the Amazon Stick, is that it is very underpowered. So I... I've played with it and got bored with it two or three weeks into it because it became really slow upon installing a handful of apps. Miguel, anything to add to that? Yeah, the um, I, I started out with an Apple TV. I thought it was going to it was going to do great things, change my life, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's now sitting completely unused. And given the price, that's a that's a real uh, shame. Um, I. Try different. Uh, I don't think I played around with the uh, Amazon uh, Stick, but uh, I did go with the Roku, and it, it works wonderfully well. Yep. I, I I wouldn't even waste my time with anything else. Um, just go straight with go straight to Roku and uh, buy the next level of service on Roku if you want to do that. But or just start out with with the basic one. You'll be odd. It's easy. It's drop dead simple. All right, well, we are nearing the top of the hour. Um, my over $100 pick is the 12-inch, uh, 1.2 gigahertz MacBook laptop, which I am uh, utilizing tonight, as I have for most of our shows. I did have to actually return mine to Apple, and they put a different logic board in it. When I went to ISTE, uh, when I was plugging into projectors, it would it would go in and out on video. Ah, it was not a good thing for trying to present. Um so that was some kind of a hardware issue, but once they swapped that out, I've had no problems. Um, you know, video conferencing, just just uh, you know, everything that that I want to do. It it has got a a 500 gig uh, drive, uh, which is 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 excellent. Um, because for a while there, I was using a um, a MacBook Pro that had it was like 128 or anyway, it's kind of hard to you hard drive space getting bigger, 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 and then get smaller. Um, Miguel's point or, you know, is, is accurate. You've got to get all these adapters and even to plug my little USB microphone in, I've got to have my, you know, 
V, it's like an HDMI, you know, massive adapter here that, that has a, a, I can plug into power. I can plug into USB, whatever, 2.0, 3 um, I'm not plugged into HDMI. So <clears throat> for school purposes, uh, what I've actually, I just recommended to our admin team today, um, among some other options was that if someone wants to stay Mac or go Mac, uh, Apple is still selling their, their, their earlier MacBook Pro before they introduced the touch bar and these new ones for like 1250 um, that has the built-in HDMI. It still has USB 2.0, It's just, it's a little bit of a bridge too far. I think for the, the, the large teacher population out there to not be able to just put a USB flash drive in your device. Um, but on a personal level, I've loved this MacBook. It is so thin. It is so light. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, people think I have an iPad when I've got a laptop. So yes, if you're looking for the over $100 purchase and you're not able to go for the dream Mercedes of Martin, you know, perhaps <laughs> a new MacBook laptop would be in your future. So uh, let's wrap up with, um, let's see, Ben's asking, can we do a whole EdTech Situation Room on how we're moving beyond the wires? Sure. Hey, Ben, well, let's find a Wednesday when you can you can tune in and we'll do it. That that sounds that sounds great. We can make up the rules here on the EdTech Situation Room. And Marta's seven year old is listening as well, so that may be the youngest listener we've had yet on the EdTech Situation Room. Um, Martin, do you have a movie recommendation for us to kind of close out the show? This can this can be a Netflix. This can be an oldie but a goodie. This can be anything. Just Tell us something that we should watch to further edify or entertain us, you know, however, however you want to go with that. Well, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm a Jason Bourne fan. And obviously there's a new movie out. Um, I see it in the supermarket checkout lines. So one of these days. But there are now, I guess, five. There were the first three, and then there was kind of a little tangent. And now Bourne, as um, the original character, is back. So I think uh, when I might get a copy of that and then watch all five of them in order. So it's interesting. Martin has recommended books and movies that he has not yet seen, but he is prescient <laughs> and able to discern as as, as many. Actually, as either can. another one would be whenever it comes out, or maybe it's out, is the new Dan Brown one, uh, Inferno. Mm. That one's on my list. I've read the book twice, so I have read that one. Well, anything with Matt Damon and, and Tom Hanks is actually pretty, usually pretty awesome. So, I concur. All right, Miguel, got a got a movie recommendation for us? Well, I'm just looking at my Netflix, uh, and uh, I'd have to recommend if you haven't seen it yet, check out Stranger Things. It's uh, very engaging and Longmire. I realize I'm dating myself here, but uh, it, Longmire is a great uh, Western show, and and uh, He's the sheriff in Wyoming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absaroka County, I think it's, and uh, just just phenomenal. Very engaging. Uh, um, my wife and I are addicted to that show. Although it's it's heading into its uh, last season, it's um, it, it's definitely worth watching from the beginning. All right, sounds good. Jason, what do you got as a movie rec? Um, I would also recommend a couple series on 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 uh, Netflix. First and foremost, um, The Crown, which is a Netflix original about uh, Queen Elizabeth II and her early days at first as the um, uh, the heir apparent and then as the queen herself. Um, it's it's excellent. I'm halfway through the season. Um, 
Uh, John Lithgow plays Winston Church- Churchill, which he received a Golden Globe nomination for, which is very well deserved. Excellent series, really great, especially if you are a history buff. And then um, I've also been engaged in probably my fifth time through the entire West Wing series. Um, I'm now just living there as kind of political reality escapism. And so um, I, uh, if you've not seen the series before, it is really quite awesome. Um, and especially if you're in any way interested in politics or um, Washington, D.C. stuff. So both are now streaming on Netflix. Awesome. Well, I will take us back to a little security and tech focus. I am like 10 minutes away from finishing Citizen 4. We went and saw the Snowden movie a, a month or so ago as a family, uh, which is a, a work of um, – you know, of, of creative license by um, uh, who's our JFK, uh, Oliver Stone. Um, yeah. But Citizen Four is an actual documentary by the, the the journalists who originally connected with Snowden in Hong Kong. Uh, it's just pretty eye opening, and uh, I think that is a relevant question for people to be grappling with today. You know, as far as what do you think of the Snowden revelations and and the surveillance state? I think ISTE will will be finding out here uh, probably in a week or so, or maybe maybe this week about proposals. Um, Jason and I did put in a session called Digital Citizenship in the Surveillance State. It remains to kind of be seen how that will play out if it's accepted. Um, because I might have to video conference in from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, but anyway, those are the, it's a good documentary, and uh, you know, not not to steep yourself in just depressing things, but actually, I think it's pretty. I I, I guess I, I'll say this publicly, not that anybody's going to quote this, but I I definitely think Snowden performed a important service for our republic in the things that he disclosed, and I think that. Um, it's important for us to grapple with this because uh, from a technology level, you know, what governments are doing and can do and probably will do back to Kelly and inevitable. Um, it's pretty important for us to be attuned to this and to be thinking about, uh, rights and, uh, exercising freedoms and, you know, what we're going to express as for our citizens. So let's take us out by, uh, just telling everybody kind of where to find you online, uh, what, uh, and then kind of what you do really quickly for your day job. And since we're sort of going in this order, Martin, we'll let you, let you go first and then we'll just take us out this way with, uh, with our little connect with us blurbs. Where can folks find you? Uh, I, uh, I'm a professor of instructional technology and science education at the College of Education and the University of Montana. Um, I also blog, um, especially in the realm of um, science gadgets for the National Science Teachers Association. Um, and I am a board member of NCCE. Uh, wow. So be presenting at that conference as well. Jason's quite deep into that organization. And then um, I also... Uh, have been blogging about space science since about the year 2000, before it was even blogging. Um, uh, and I write a column every other month now called um, uh, The Accretion Desk. And that, if you want to read about space science and adventures, um, that's where I, I blog about those. That's what awesome. I remember at the moment. That's good. And it's almost, yeah, it's getting kind of late, so that's good. Miguel, how about you? Yeah, you can uh, find my uh, abandoned blog at uh, mgulen.org. 
And uh, I've been spending a lot of time over at the tca.org forward slash blog uh, writing about uh, Microsoft-related uh, topics. But it's been a lot of fun uh, learning and, and sharing. Uh, what, what, what was that? What was that, Wes? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. But, uh, yeah, you need to uh, – uh, it, it's been – just a lot of fun building a, a, a new community and, and uh, getting connected with other folks. Um, the uh, I guess that's it. Uh, and Gulen on the Twitters. Are you you're tweeting as, as something else too? Though, do you have? A, are you tweeting for TCA as well? Uh, well, yeah, everything I've, I've got going through M. Gulen, uh, that's mostly me. Where um, It's amazing how much that's grown in uh, just a few months. Uh, I think I went from 8,000 to 10,000 pretty quick. To a t- but, your, your TCA, M. Gulen? Or? No, the, that's M. Gulen, just period. Really? And, and then um, um, I did have – I'd set up – I was supposed to be learning about Arduino and, and uh, Raspberry Plus, so I, I wanted a quick way to capture – those so that I could just go to a, uh, an account. And I started my TCAMG account, uh, auto-tweeting um, Arduino uh, stuff. And uh, it's taken on a life of its own. I, I only check it maybe once a week, but uh, it's picking up its own followers and, and everybody else is, is just jumping into that. See, you may have heard it first here on the EdTech Situation Room, but everyone will be interacting more with bots, and Miguel Gulen has provided your next opportunity to... You know, meaningfully engage with the bot. So there you go. Thank you. If this, then that. Yes. Peggy George has asked if we could please put these links into our Google document. And yes, Peggy, we will do that. We'll encourage everybody, if you did not already, to uh, actually uh, put your movie video link, whatever, in there and your contact information. Jason, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Um, my day job is that I am the assistant director and curriculum director of the Montana Digital Academy, the fabulous state virtual school located in Missoula, Montana, on the University of Montana campus. And then by night, I am the tech-savvy administrator in residence for the Northwest Council for Computer Education, where we put on a great conference um, this year. It will be in, in March in fabulous Portland, Oregon. And I also blog and do social media for NCC, blog.ncc.org, and on Twitter at NCCE underscore ed tech and then i am personally tech savvy teach on the twitters i am wes fryer the director of technology at cassidy school here in oklahoma city w fryer on twitter and you can find a few other links in my twitter profile uh blogging at speedofcreativity.org. so we want to thank all of our guests who have tuned in we've stayed a little bit later than usual but this show as all of our shows are it will be archived on edtechsr.com available on our youtube channel but also converted to a downloadable friendly 32 kilobit audio podcast so that you can download this and listen to it and we invite you to please fill out our listener survey we have had one individual worldwide who lives in tasmania <laughs> fill out our, our form as of last time. Uh, we know there's more folks that are listening, uh, looking at our metrics, but we would love to just find out where you are and anything that you have found useful. And Ben Wilkoff has given us a great topic for the next year. We're going to do something about ditching the wires, and we will uh, have to figure out if we can rope Ben into coming on here live. So follow us on Twitter, EdTechSR. We are hoping to have, and we'll you know, most likely have an end-of-year show that will either be uh, the last week of December or the first week of January, but Jason will be joining from somewhere on assignment on the European continent, and his connectivity will be, you know, we, we don't know. It'll probably be awesome, but 
we'll just have to figure it, figure that out and we will post that on Twitter. So from Oklahoma to Montana to San Antonio, Texas, we bid you a good night and a happy holidays.